everybody, and welcome to day 12 of the Heaven podcast. Great to be with you again today. Thanks for coming back and uh, joining Becky and I as we uh, work our way through some of the things that it means for us to live in the light of heaven, to have a hope of uh, what is to come potentially in the, the life after this one in heaven. We hope that it's um, inspiring and challenging and that kind of stuff. Becky, welcome back for day 12. Hello. <laughs> so today we are continuing something we started yesterday and we're doing kind of five days on of, well, who gets to be in heaven? So for the first kind of 10 days of the podcast, we were talking about what heaven might be like and what it would mean to live with that kind of hope in our lives, in our hearts about heaven. And this, uh, these five days, we're talking about, okay, well, if this is heaven and it sounds great and it's going to be this particular kind of uh, thing, well, how do we get there? Who, who's going to get there? How do we know if we might get there? And so that's kind of what we're unpacking together over these uh, few days. Becky, kind of where are we going to go today in terms of continuing? Yeah to unpack this question of who gets to be in heaven yes so today we are back with our friend paul who we have uh, spent quite a lot of time reading from uh in this series so far and uh i think i'm not going to go back over paul's history again because i feel like i've done that most days on this podcast but um you can go back and listen to some of the previous episodes so paul in this letter is writing uh he's actually writing from prison it's one of the Mm. things which i think makes this letter so interesting to read um, Paul is right. He's in prison because of his uh, the preaching that he's been doing about Jesus. He's been considered too disruptive, and that he's preaching things that the authorities don't want to hear. And so he has been imprisoned. Um, and he's writing a letter to a church in uh, Philippi. So Philippi is an ancient region which today is in northern Greece. You can actually still visit the ruins of the the city. Um, and uh, Philippians really majors on the theme of uh, joy and of joy in having faith in Christ and um, what it means to share in that joy and to share in the life that Jesus has called us to. And uh, to me, it's one of the books that really practically gives me a picture of what it should look like for me to follow Jesus with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons I think it's a really interesting passage to dive into today as we think about who gets to go to heaven, um, that this passage helps us to think about what it means to go with other people. So shall we dive in yes. what Paul has to say here? Yes, uh, that, that would be great. So it's uh, Philippians chapter 2. And we're reading a bit of a, a bigger chunk today, maybe, from verses 1 to 16. And uh, again, as we've been doing all the way through the podcast, encouraging people to follow along uh, in a way that um, works for them, uh, wherever they are at the moment, however they're listening. So Paul says this to this bunch of people in Philippi. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. 
and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour in vain. Mm. Wow. There is like a million and one things we can talk <laughs> yeah. about, isn't there, in this in this passage. Um, so, Becky, you've talked a little bit about the context. Is there more that you want to um, unpack for us there in terms of, you know, where Paul is coming from when he's kind of saying all of this stuff? Yeah, so it's, it's helpful for us almost to sort of section this out. Mm. Sometimes it's helpful to sort of say like, okay, what's going on at the beginning? What's going on at the middle? What's going on at the end? So at the beginning, Paul's talking about okay, if we have been united with Christ, and that's a really common theme in Paul, Mm. that because um, Christ is our saviour, we have that in common. We share our saviour and we are united by our faith in him. And so there's a oneness, there's a unity that should come from that amongst people who naturally wouldn't be one with Mm. one another. Mm. And so he's talking about that at the beginning, about what it means to live that oneness out what it means to value others above yourself and how to live a common life together. And then he shifts into what is essentially, and it looks like when you read it in the original language, that Paul's quoting like a song or a saying that must already have been very common amongst Jesus' followers. And that was that bit that was uh, talking about Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. And it goes on talking about Jesus humbling himself, being killed on the cross, being raised to life and being given, as it says in this song or saying, the name that is above every name. So being made king of all the, of all the world, of heaven and of earth. And then this picture of uh, everybody one day acknowledging Jesus as Lord. And then Paul brings that back down to earth again. And he says, okay, in light of that, in light of what God is has brought you into, in light of this faith that you have, here's how I want you to live again. Um, so it's he's kind of toying between the big picture of what Jesus has done and the very practical outworking of that in this local church context in Philippi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good, and and I think that Paul is thinking here about what is to come as mm. well, and that. That might not be as explicit here as as it has been in other places, but again, if people people who were listening to him or reading this letter would have heard him quoting some uh, Old Testament scripture, so in particular in that very last or penultimate verse we read, that whole children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation, then you will shine among them like stars in the in the sky. So that's a quote from the Old Testament prophet Daniel that we've mentioned before on this uh, podcast in the 
the context of Daniel um, sort of prof prophesying, I guess, what was to come, what what heaven might be like, and that kind of stuff. So, so we can be, I think, fairly confident here that Paul is saying a lot of this stuff not only in the light, and we, again, we've we've talked about this before, not only looking back to the cross, mm. but also looking forward to what is to come. So, as you rightly said, Paul Paul starts with talking about the cross, and because of these things Jesus did to unite us with God, we need to think about how we're acting in terms of other people but he's also then by the time we get to verses 15 and 16 looking forward to what is to come which is the context of our podcast heaven and again i think saying very similar things because of what is to come and the the unity that we will experience when heaven uh, arrives <laughs> and we are all together and all together with god um this then is how you should live now yes does that yeah. make sense yeah, so again i think there's those two things going on looking back looking forward yeah and that's very strongly underlined in that final verse you read and paul sums up he's talked about how they are to live and then he says and then presumably meaning and if you do this if you kind of live this life embrace this unity embrace this kind of way of living then i will be able to boast on the day of christ that i did not run or labor in vain yeah. and that day of christ is again that something we've talked about earlier in this podcast that day when heaven comes and meets earth mm. when jesus is coming back from heaven to earth as a king to to set up this new world this new heaven this new way of living um, so that's very much being pointed forwards to at the end of that passage there. Yeah. So let's talk about the point that, mm. that Paul is getting at here. Why is it that he's taking the trouble to write these things to this church in Philippi? Um, I'll, is it all right if I dive straight yeah, into yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, do, yeah. So, so I think Paul here is really wanting them, first of all, to take their salvation really seriously <clears throat> to take what it means to be rescued by God and be brought into this new relationship with God to take it seriously and to work out work it out as in actually make sure that it produces fruit in their lives to actually make sure that they begin to live now as they will live in heaven when they are completely united with Christ and for Paul a huge part of that is what it means to live with others mm. and actually this is something funnily enough we've not really talked about explicitly so far in this podcast and often we're talking about the implications of heaven for the individual but Paul here is trying to talk about the implications of this life we've been invited into and this promise that lies ahead of us what are the implications for life together and he's trying to help his uh his church in philippi to take on the same mindset that jesus had to humble yourself to live for the sake of others in order i think that we might be prepared for life together forever in heaven or life together forever in the new earth in the new thing that god is introducing into the world um really it's all about unity this perfect unity that we will one day experience with one another in the new heaven and the new earth and how we live that unity out now mm. which we must do because of the fact that we've been made one in our relationship with jesus does that make sense it does yeah 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 and, and again i think i think looking back looking forward paul is is um 
going to those places to make his argument, if you like, for this is why you should be united with one another. But then I, I love how, because Paul does this so often, got this, you know, these really big, big picture kind of things. And then he bring it, it brings it right down to, so this is how you need to treat people. So he gives us so much, like really direct, very practical, very day to day kind of stuff here. So don't be selfish. <laughs> don't do stuff out of selfish ambition. Don't be vain. Don't be conceited. You know, look for humility. You know, look to be people of humility. Value others above yourselves. I mean, this is like, this is not complicated to understand. It's profound and might be really quite difficult for us to work out in our lives because many of us struggle with pride or, you know, whatever it is. But it's really easy to understand what Paul is saying, you know, in this pra this practical stuff he's giving us, look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Uh, and the motivation for that, you've, you've explained to us, Becky, is because of what Jesus has done and what Jesus is inviting us into. And then at the end, he comes back to this very practical stuff. Don't grumble. Don't argue. Um, I, I'm interested in in a, in a phrase here that, that could potentially lead us down a little kind of rabbit hole that, that might lead us into a place that isn't very helpful really but he says he says continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling now how many times in this podcast have we said the guarantee of heaven is not about anything we do we can't earn it we were talking about a lot about this yesterday in the podcast we can't earn it it's a free gift offered from jesus we just have to receive it and paul is a massive i mean you can go so often to the writings of paul to find him saying that you know you can't earn it you know blah 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 oh okay well paul why are we working out our salvation with fear and trembling yeah. now that sounds a little bit like i've got to earn something there yeah. What, yeah what do you what do you make of that yeah that's a brilliant question and um yeah, it's it's a it's a passage that's really intrigued me actually. So um that phrase, um, working something out with fear and trembling, that was fairly common language at the time. And that fear and trembling essentially meant the feeling you get when you're trying to achieve something that you know you won't fully be able to achieve. So it's kind of an anxiety of um, I know I'm not going to be able to attain this, but I still know that I really need to work hard at it. I still know that it's worthy for me to work at it, even if I won't be able to complete it. Mm. So really what Paul is trying to convey, because you'll, you'll see the following line, he says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So it's very much something that God, the, the onus is on God in what Paul is saying. But he's reminding the people he's writing to, you've got to take your salvation, this rescue God has performed in your life, you've got to take it seriously. And you've got to invest and work at it having fruit, it, it producing something new in your life. Not to say, all right, cool, I've been, I've been rescued, I'll sit back and wait for heaven. But to... Um, really focus one's effort and attention and one's mind on what it means to live in light of that yeah. rescue that has been performed in your life does that yes. make a little bit of sense yeah, yes it does and, and and again i think this gives us an illustration because again one of the things we're passionate about you and i becky from this podcast is that not only are we getting to unpack all these amazing bible passages but we're hoping that we're kind of giving a model for people to go away and do some reading of the bible in on their own 
when I think this gives us a model for when you come across a verse like that that gives you pause and and kind of go, hold on. Uh, either I'm not quite understanding that or that seems a little bit contradictory to some other stuff that I've read. That's where this context question, I think, is really important. Uh, again, understanding a little bit more. Well, well, Paul doesn't use this sort of uh, earning thing anywhere else. So what what's that about? We've got that context of those previous verses where we're given such clear picture of jesus doing everything that we that needs to be done to to be saved so that's why the context is really important so then i think we have to kind of go okay so in the light of that i don't think paul's saying we're supposed to earn anything here there must be something else that paul is trying to say and i think you've explained that really really well and i think i think it's yeah it's this idea of saying you know once jesus has done this saving work we talked about zacchaeus yesterday so zacchaeus gets up gives away a load of his possessions and half of his money and all of that kind of stuff but that hasn't earned Zacchaeus his salvation that comes after the salvation is given and Zacchaeus's heart begins to start transforming I think it's the same thing here Jesus has done everything that needs to happen for us to be saved but hold on we can't then just float around the rest of life saying well I'll do what what on earth I want to do because Jesus is saying hold on no no there's a heart transformation that's now uh, supposed to be taking place and i actually quite like that language of okay now i've been saved i need to figure out how to live in the light of that to work that out and i quite like that phrase with fear and trembling actually not taking it for granted being getting serious about this because this is an amazing thing that god has offered to me and nothing i can do to earn it but i ought to now be thinking okay this might need a response from me and taking some responsibility in this so actually i think when you when you start to read it okay actually yeah i like this now you know I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm i've had a question about this but now i'm thinking okay i think this is really giving me some some direction so and 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 then of course we get that because it is god you work that out with fear and trembling because it, it's god is working in you and i think you, you said that which is amazing yeah mm. What about the the other thing uh, that I quite like in in this is this language of shining among them like stars in the sky. Uh, Paul uses this quite stark language of um, a a warped and crooked generation. So a generation of people presumably have turned their backs on God or whatever are not grumbling and arguing. Is, Is it fair to say enabling us in the midst maybe of a context where Paul could be kind of suggesting part of this warped and crooked generation was lots of arguing and grumbling going on, when there's a bunch of people, because of what Jesus has done and because of the promise that's to come, who are not living like that, well, that might shine. That might, something might, that might be very visible in the, in this culture. Is that, do you think that's fair? I, I, I really love that language of how can we, how can they, and then, when I take the chance, how can we shine like stars through how we're living together that then points people to this heaven that we've been talking about? Yeah. 
And it, it's almost a funny, it's almost anticlimactic when you first read it because it's like, do everything without grumbling or arguing, then you'll become blameless and pure. You'll shine among the warped and crooked generation like stars in the sky. And grum doing everything without grumbling or arguing, I think so many people, when they have come to that passage or if you've never heard that passage before, you'd be tempted to skip over it a little bit because mm -hmm. it sounds a little bit trivial it, mm -hmm. and also not feasible yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> because <yes. laughs> number one we live in the uk and that's part of our culture <laughs> but but also that that it seems grumbling grumbling is a bit of a menial kind of yeah, trivial yeah. word isn't it but when i read this i've read this passage many times before but i came back to this passage thinking about the context of what we're talking about in this podcast what it means to live in the light of heaven and suddenly it struck me that nobody would believe that we wanted to live together forever if we fight with one another and grumble about one another all the time so our the way that we demonstrate to the world that we have an eternity ahead of us and that we're excited about getting there is to live like people who actually want to spend forever together and if we can't do that here, nobody is ever going to look at a community of people who believe in Jesus and believe that we're looking ahead to an eternity where we're going to be together forever. Do, do you know what I mean? I, I, I know exactly what you mean, but I'm I'm struggling to for word just because I find this so challenging. Because, um, you know, I, sometimes I find people difficult. Uh, and I have absolutely no doubt that sometimes people find me difficult. Um, and I definitely have been known to grumble and moan sometimes and that kind of kind of thing. And um, yeah, I find this very challenging that that how do I live in such a way that if people saw how I was living, they would think, oh, he's really looking forward to spending eternity with all those people that he's he knows or in his family or does church with or you know all of that sort of stuff and i'm thinking there's definitely been times in my life where people would have looked at me and gone doesn't sound like he's really looking forward to being with that person for and, and again i'm i'm challenged as i'm thinking about this now thinking yeah there are some people that i'm not really looking forward to so i think this is um this is yeah what you've what you've uh given us there is something really challenging for us i think and and don't panic if you're listening to this, especially especially the introverts listening to this podcast, thinking I'm never going to get any space from anybody in the eternity that awaits me. Um, I, I don't think this is so much like you're, you're going to be literally face to face with every single person who you've ever interacted with forever and yeah. you need to figure out a way of. But but that if we set our minds on when we're in conflict with people, when we're when they have worked us up, irritated us. What if, and this is uh, it's just as challenging to me as as you're talking, um, Chris, as you're saying it is for you. Um, what if my goal in working through conflicts, in working through disagreements, in working through uh, difficult people who share faith in Jesus with me, what if my goal was how how do I move in the direction of us being set to live together? in heaven so how do i move in the direction of living in the light of the fact that we're gonna we're gonna spend heaven together we're gonna be in heaven together and that should be a place where the unity that jesus has brought about is evident and that's something that i want to 
bring into my life starting from today and not wait until that's achieved in heaven yeah. i think and 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 you know we we also know that in heaven we're going to be perfect versions of ourselves yes. so those things that we do that wind other people you know so so again i think it's really important that we because we could have like <laughs> fear into everybody that yes. you know um and, and you know heaven's going to be this perfect place where where all of those sorts of things just aren't important anymore and, and don't so i think it's fair to say that but i again i keep for me i keep coming back to this um pointing are we in our lives pointing towards this thing that we believe is coming in the way that we interact with and treat other people so that's and are we are we remembering that what jesus did for us as broken lost difficult you know sinful kind of people he has made a way for us to be saved how are we living that out when it comes to our relationships with other people and are we reflecting that um in our relationships with other people so i think uh, that's the challenge isn't it and and we you know we've, we've talked again through this series about you know there's that that we can be a part of seeing heaven break in on earth now you know, while we wait for that day when earth and heaven are united in that kind of perfect thing we've been talking about that doesn't mean we can't catch glimpses of heaven and be involved in the bringing of heaven to earth today and maybe how we treat people and how we are together is a glimpse of what heaven's going to be like i think church the church you know a local church when it's in its best moments it has lots of difficult moments i get that too when it, when we're in our best moments we're actually saying this is a glimpse of what heaven is going to be like um and and this is an opportunity to see that breaking in now and i think how we treat people and how we are together, including how we resolve conflict or how we try to deal with conflict, is a picture of, 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 of seeing that heaven breaking in on earth today. Yeah, and one thing that's very clear from um, the writings in the New Testament, the parts of the Bible written after Jesus, which includes what we're reading from today, that we've talked about um, how heaven is a reflection of kind of the character of God, of God's will being enacted. We've talked about having a relationship with God in heaven and an intimacy with God we haven't yet um, kind of experienced in this life. Mm. Um, but then there is also this essential component to it that that heaven is a place where we are others focused, mm. where we, mm. we are God focused, but we are also others oriented. We others are first and um, that heaven's not about me. I get to experience it. I get to rejoice in it. I get to celebrate everything that heaven will be. But the picture that the New Testament paints for us is that in heaven, my first concern won't be for myself. Yes. It will be for God and worshiping God, and it will be for others. Um, and that's the life that Paul is calling people to here. Just as Jesus sacrificed himself made himself others first even though he was the one person in the universe who get who got to say everything's about me mm. he made it all about us we ought to be people who make it about others yeah. rather than making it about ourselves yeah yeah and isn't that when we grumble when we've made something about ourselves that's when i grumble is when i'm getting more focused on myself than i am on people around me yeah yeah that's good that's good so that's kind of we've we've talked about what's the point we've we've talked about what's the difference isn't it so is there a, a way to put this in, in a tweet so 
Um, I'm going to come to you second, Becky. So uh, here, here's my go at, at this. Our task now is to live in the light of what is coming, and that includes how we treat people. Yeah. Yours? Mine was, we must practice being together forever today. <laughs> Which is, it is challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. I love all of that. So in conclusion, then, mm. what's next? What, what are we going to... Uh, what are we going to do as a result of, of what we've been talking about today? So I thought Paul makes this really practical, so I thought we should make this mm. really practical as well. And he does bring it into land with this do everything without grumbling and arguing. And he says that that would actually really make a difference to the way that the world looks on and sees us. So um, here's a challenge, and I'm challenging myself. What if you did 48 hours holding back on the grumbling and the arguing in public and in private? Very good. I think that's quite a challenge, actually. Yeah. yeah. But it, again, it's one of those sort of test and see, like what difference would that make? What does it make? What difference does it make to your own sort of inner life when you're not grumbling and arguing? Yeah. And what difference does it make to how people respond to you? Yeah, brilliant. I love that. I love that. Uh, and I'm gonna. So I'm definitely going to take that and do that. And uh, I tell you what, I'm going to do when I find myself in that place where even mentally i'm not necessarily speaking out loud i'm grumbling in my head about people i'm going to try and go back to that song reading whatever it was we're not entirely sure from the very beginning of what we read and remember what jesus did in order that i might be saved and the humility that that took for him to do that because uh, most of the source of my grumbling and arguing is my pride so i'm going to try and uh it replace that grumbly thought in my head with the thought of uh, remembering what Jesus did when he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's brilliant. In fact, could I finish this podcast by reading that yeah. section one yeah, more time? That would be a wonderful way to finish. So Paul said, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. That feels like a good place to end. Perfect. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast episode. Um, we hope that it's challenged you, and we hope that it encourages you to um, maybe take some of this into your own life and begin to work out what it means to live in the light of heaven with a little bit of fear and trembling. <laughs> Brilliant.